Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, we are talking with Deborah Berger. She's the deputy general manager of Charger Luxury Materials. Hello, Deborah. Hi. How are you? Good. Thank you. So, so happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you very much. To begin with, could you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. So I am Deborah Berger. I'm Deputy General Manager of Charger Luxury Materials. Charger Luxury Materials is the uh, division of the Chargers Group uh, specialized in combed wool. Charger is a French uh, conglomerate company specialized in uh, technical textiles. And uh, my division produces combed merino wool. Wow, excellent. Um, first of all, I would like you to give us uh, your definition of what is sustainable fashion. For us, sustainability is transparency and traceability. We are very much convinced that through traceability and transparency, uh, the, the whole field is going to improve. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've uh, actually set up a transparency and traceability chain for our merino wool sourcing. Excellent. Can you tell us uh, when you, you decided to move into the sustainability uh, business? Yes. Uh, it started uh, almost three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, Charger has been specialized in wool for 40 years. Okay. So we have a huge experience in working with growers and farmers uh, all around the world. And we've always worked with farmers who have good ethics mm -hmm. and who uh, are very good in terms of animal welfare, respect of the environment and respect of the workers. But we'd never created our own uh, internal label. And mm. three years ago, we started thinking that this was really the right decision, you know, to plan ahead. We, we were seeing an increase in the demand for uh, sustainable sourcing for wool. And we were thinking that the existing labels did not completely address all the requirements that we wanted to guarantee to our customers. Mm -hmm. So we decided to create our own label. Okay. What does it mean respecting the animals and respecting the farmers? So that's a very good question. Our, our commitment is very high. Mm -hmm. In terms of animal welfare, absolutely no animal harm is allowed. Uh, the sheep must be well treated. We are 100% mulesing free. Maybe you know what mulesing no, is. No, no, no. Um, it's, a, it's a practice uh, which uh, means that the uh, actually the bottoms of the sheep are scalped uh, because a parasite fixates on the bottoms of the sheep. And so in order to prevent that, uh, parts of the sheep sheep is uh, actually cut. Yeah. Uh, cut. Uh, so this is something that we completely forbid. Mm -hmm. We are 100% mulesing free. Uh, in terms of shearing, uh, we ask that uh, the shearing be made with a certain uh, under a certain time and that uh, the sheep uh, be uh, unstressed and well positioned and not so, so as not to cut the sheep, so yeah. as not to mistreat the sheep. So we have a lot of commitment towards um, the well-being of the sheep. Mm -hmm. So 
mm-hmm. that they live a peaceful life. Okay. And I visited some of our farms, which are located in Uruguay, Argentina, uh, Tasmania, uh, mm. Australia, and New Zealand. And I can tell you that the sheep really have a nice life. They yeah. work like you know they they're outdoors. They're they're they walk. They mm. they're very well treated. Okay. They eat grass, so it's it's really nice. And how can you make sure it's it's always respected, even when you are you are not there? That's a very important question, obviously. So what we did is that we created very very important, you know, and very demanding requirements, yeah. and we aligned on the best practices on the market so far. And then, uh, of course, we have an external auditor because mm-hmm. we cannot audit ourselves, our own uh, label okay. and our own sourcing. So we use a third company, which is called Control Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an international certification company, and they audit all of our farms all of our mills and all of our partners that are certified with our label once a year. They audit through um, a file and pieces and also they audit physically. Okay. They come by surprise in a given period of time and they mm-hmm. check that everything is compliant with the requirements in our protocol. Great. So this is the stage of, uh, of growing the wool. Um, what are the next steps? What are the, the different steps of, uh, of the manufacturing process of the wool? So first step is growing. Then there's the shearing. Then we get the greasy wool. Yeah. Um, then charger comes the greasy wool in our combing mills. Okay. So that's the first step of transformation. Then the, the wool, once it's combed, it's called wool tops. Mm. And the wool tops, they are sold to the spinner to make yarn. Then the yarn is used either uh, to knit by a knitter or to weave by a weaver. And then there's garment manufacturing. And then it ends up in a shop being sold to a direct customer. Okay. So w- what is the difference between the, the, the conventional products you, you used to make and the, the sustainable products you are making now? So the main difference mm. lies in the commitment towards the animal, okay. the environment, and the workers. In terms of quality, of course, our fibers are exceptional quality and they're mm. very good. But you can find other good quality products that are not respectful of the welfare of the animals or that are not respectful of the environment. So the real difference doesn't lie so much in the properties of the fiber. It can be, you know, you can find a fiber with the same properties but not as respectful. Um, but it lies really in the respect to the animal welfare and the fact that it was grown and made ethically. Okay. And what what else can you do um, in addition to what you are doing now to reduce the impacts on the environment? So we're currently working on ways to improve. Uh, for instance, we're uh, trying to use only uh, ship uh ship uh for uh to ship our our products and our wool uh so as to reduce our carbon footprint and not to use at all uh plain uh plain shipping uh so that's one step second step is that we're really currently improving in terms of um chemicals and mm. uh the, the kinds of you know pesticides and chemicals that are used by the farmers in our mills. We're really trying to improve and to reduce the list as much as possible. Uh, and of course, we're working more and more on waste uh, and how to limit and uh, eradicate as much as possible the waste and reuse uh, all the waste. Okay. Did, are you working on uh, recycled wood? 
not yet. This yeah. is something that we'd like to do. Uh, mm -hmm. This is definitely in our uh, prospects. And we have another uh, very nice uh, improvement uh, uh, possibility, which is uh, in the super wash treatment that we make on the wool, on the combed wool to make it washable uh, so as not to shrink uh, in mm. the washing machine. We are working, we have a, a huge R&D team working at the moment on alternatives to the current treatment, which involves chlorine, which yeah. is very bad for the environment and mm. health. So we're working on this and we're we're starting to get some results. So we are very, very hopeful about that. Excellent. Um, so you will be presenting a product at Première Vision next September. Yes. Can you tell us uh, what you will be presenting? Yes, absolutely. So as you understood, basically we produce wool tops, yeah. but nobody uses wool tops uh, among brands because at, at the very best they use yarn, right? Yeah. So what we did is that we partnered with different suppliers okay. along the Merino wool chain in order to propose plug and play solutions to our clients. So we can propose either yarn mm -hmm. and we work with spinners notably in Italy to produce yarn we can propose fabric we work with fabric makers also in Italy uh, and in France to propose uh, some fabric we can propose knitted items and we can even propose finished garments mm. if you'd like because we work with garment manufacturers and for the brands that are fully integrated and that even have their own favorite spinner we can Uh, provide the spinner with wool tops and comb wool directly. So we really tried to build a plug and play yeah. solution for every brand. We mm. adjust, we adjust to their existing supply chain. Okay. And amongst all your, your possibilities, what is your favorite one? Uh, you mean oh, the, the supply along yeah. the supply chain? Well, I think the easiest one is the yarn because yeah. uh, most of the brands, once they have an integrated supply chain, they're really looking for yarn. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of our prospects coming to us and saying, oh, it's complicated to find non-mules in wool. Uh, how do we find it? So that's exactly what we like to do to build a sourcing partnership with brands to help them uh, use uh, ethical wool. What makes your company and your product stand out of the others? So there's two things. The first thing is that uh, we actually source our wool on an international scale. So mm. we are among the only ones in the world to source wool from either Tasmania, Australia, New Zealand, Argentina or Uruguay and to provide the same standards of ethics and traceability throughout the world. And the second thing, and we're very proud of that, is that we provide our customers and the brands with blockchain technology and traceability. We set up for over a year a blockchain platform, which enables us to track the wool from the farms to uh, the direct customers. Wow. And what does it allow you to do? So blockchain is very useful to uh, actually notarize, to, uh, uh, to trace and track uh, a process. Uh, it's very powerful because it lies on, uh, it relies on many players and mm. not just us. Mm. Even if we created a platform, it depends on many independent people and we could not, even if we wanted to, we could not um, falsify the information. Yeah. For instance, uh, our platform sends a direct uh, text message to a farmer in Uruguay and we'll ask them, do you confirm delivering 10 tons of wool labeled or organic and precious fiber to this coming mill on that date and the farmer will answer yes or no we will ask the same question by email to the coming mill and once both the coming mill and the farmer have uh, confirmed it unlocks one step of the chain and it it goes on to the second step of the chain yeah. wow and 
what's the whole purpose of doing this? The purpose is to provide the final customers and the brands with the whole traceability information. Okay. With blockchain, you can use a QR code that enables the final customer just by flashing their mm. phone, which is the simplest thing ever, to have all the information on the traceability. And I very much believe that this is what is going to make the whole industry better yeah. by providing the information and the traceability to the direct okay. customers. So this technology, you use it before the manufacturing process, I mean, uh, to the, um, yeah, to sorry, to the manufacturing process. Uh, Are you able to use this uh, this this uh, blockchain technology after uh, once the when we are once we are making yes. the garments as well? Yes, absolutely. We are working on that. So so far, we track the farms, mm. the carbon mills, the spinning mills, yeah. and we are creating the the step of the uh, knitter or the weaver and the ma garment manufacturer. And with that, uh, the, the the chain will be complete by the end of the year, mm. and we will be able to track the whole chain from the farm to the finished garment. Great. So over the last three years, you you implemented this sustainable strategy. Um, in terms of uh, of KPIs of results, what have been the impacts concretely? So yeah. uh, first, of course, the first thing we track is uh, the tons of wool that we sell. That's mm. our first uh, our first KPI, of course. Um, so far, uh, the sales of sustainable wool represent less than five percent of our global revenues in wool selling, mm. which is uh, small. But also, we launched one year ago. Yeah. Uh, commercially so it's actually not that bad and we're really planning on uh you know sustainable wool becoming the majority of our sales in five years we're mm. really planning on it we're seeing a lot of traction a lot of new clients a lot of brands that are interested in uh the whole uh the whole platform and traceability so that's that's very positive yeah. uh, the second thing that we track is the number of farms that we certify Each year, we certify more farms. And it's very interesting because by certifying them, we set them to a higher standard in mm. terms of responsibility. And also the farmers, once they are certified, we pay the wool 5% to 10% more. So it actually means more revenues for them once they have made the effort to have yeah. better practices. Is it expensive to, to make a... To, to increase the standard? It's quite it's quite an investment for some of the farmers, depending where they start. Mm. Uh, so that's why we started with the best ones at the beginning, the ones that were really close to the standard already. And now we're helping ones that are a bit further away to uh, improve themselves. And of course, it means some investment because you must invest in some new products. You yeah. must invest in some machinery, you know, in, in order to avoid uh, chemicals, pesticides. There's a lot to reorganize. Mm. You need to take more time on the shearing so as not to hurt the animals. So all this, of course, uh, takes time and, and investment. Uh, but in, in, uh, in exchange, the farmers get more money. And in the long term, they earn more. So for them, in the long term, it's a, it's a real, yeah. really good bet. Okay. So for what kind of brand are you working with? So for the moment, we're working with any sportswear brands yeah. uh, because in the sportswear section, uh, usually brands uh, have customers that are very uh, responsible in terms of impact on the environment and uh, customers who know uh, the interest of wool in terms of technical properties. So we have a lot of clients mm. in the high sportswear, uh, high-end sportswear section. Um, we're also working with some uh, mass market brands. Okay. Uh, I 
cannot name them, but there's mm -hmm. a big one that's actually um, turning completely sustainable and we're having discussions. Um, and we're also working, starting to work with luxury brands uh, in the luxury field. I think um, brands are more and more uh, tracking their sourcing and, and trying to have a, a, a sourcing as clean as possible and as traceable as possible. And so they're very interested in our uh, traceability solutions. What is the future of your company uh, when it comes to sustainability? Are you going to increase your, your investment in that direction? Absolutely. This, yeah. is, this is really a, a strategic decision that yeah. has been made by the CEO of the group. Uh, Charger is a signatory of the Global Compact mm. uh, at the UN level. Uh, and this declines into uh, requirements for each uh, division. Uh, in the world division, sustainability is clearly our future and we very much believe in it. We believe that the future of fashion and textile is going to be sustainable. Yeah. And we are definitely betting on our mm. sustainable wool uh, mm. section. So we we're going to continue to invest on it uh, massively. Yeah. This uh, sustainable fashion revolution seems to take some time. Uh, can you, okay, oh, oh, can, what can we do to make this um, increase the path of a, of a change? I think we can do a lot of things. I think that the first obstacle that I am observing is that many brands are afraid to do anything if they're not perfect. They're thinking, oh, I have to do it all at once or nothing, because if mm. I don't do everything perfectly, I will be criticized. It's going to be complicated in terms of communication. I personally don't think that. I think it's better to do something than nothing. Mm. And I think nobody is perfect. So mm. we're all trying to improve. I mean, even ourselves, we've done our best, but there's still a lot of improve uh, of improvement to do. And, and we know it. And, and we are trying to improve ourselves all the time. So I think it's the same for the brands. They need to really start with small actions, small mm. bed concrete, mm. even if it means on a small capsule, even if it means on a special collection. And then you you learn by doing and that's how you start. I think the, the, the worst thing is to really expect to be perfect and then you do nothing because mm. it's completely paralyzing actually. Yeah. And uh, one of the subject is uh, how can you communicate to your final customer uh, that what you are doing is you are trying to doing well. You are... Because... One of the questions I always ask in, the, in this podcast is uh, what's the last piece of clothes you bought? And most of the time, the people are saying, uh, I bought a piece of clothes that is absolutely not sustainable. But uh, my conclusion is that you don't really know what is sustainable or not, not or sustainable or not sustainable. And um, it seems that the brands, they are, they are struggling to communicate this to the final customer. What's your advice on this? It's really not an easy thing. Plus, yeah. it's true that some initiatives are better than others. Mm -hmm. And so there may be also in some fields some greenwashing. And so the customers are like, oh, how, how do I choose? So there, there are several things. That's the reason why we created the blockchain first, because with the QR code, There's no bullshit, actually. Yeah. You get the information, it's transparent, it's traceable, you know exactly where your mm. product was made. And that's, I think, a first step that's really important. Um, second thing is there's more and more guides and podcasts and uh, magazines on how to uh, wear sustainable clothes and sustainable initiatives. And of course, being sustainable can mean a thousand things. Mm. It can mean social responsibility. It yep. can mean using recycled um, textile. It can mean uh, being respectful 
respectful to the animal welfare. It can mean being respectful to the workers. So there's a lot of definitions and really everyone should choose the, the commitment that they're, they feel good with. Mm. And there's no right or wrong solution. Everybody mm. is trying to do their best. But I think the most important thing is to start, uh, you know, or, um, Uh, behaving like, uh, as we say in French, consommateur, uh, consumer and actor. It means that by consuming, you make choices. Mm. So even if it takes a little time, just try to uh, understand uh, the philosophy of the brands that you buy from and, and where they make their products. And, and that's the way we're all collectively going to improve. Excellent. So let me ask some uh, some uh, quick rapid fire question to you. Um, what do you want to close the door to? in the in our industry i think black boxes That's black the, boxes yeah, what do you mean we, yeah i mean i think transparency i think customers they can understand that not everything is perfect but mm -hmm. i think they need to have the information yeah um i take an example for instance we're working very hard for organic and precious fiber on the dyeing mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. because we have this great sustainable fiber which is completely biodegradable and 100 natural and then to dye it we need to put chemicals on it right mm -hmm. for the moment dyeing is a very big part um, a complicated part for the industry for everybody on the market uh, but this is somewhere where we are currently investigating and really trying to find natural dyeing mills and, and industrial processes that are more respectful to the environment I think consumers can understand that mm. you can explain to them we are not perfect for the moment we haven't found an industrial alternative to chemical dyeing but we are looking for it and so that's why I think transparency is really going to change mm. mentalities mm. excellent Um, where do you look at to get inspired? Well, we take a lot of inspiration from other existing fibers. Uh, for instance, there's a lot of very nice, you know, natural or naturally made fibers that we are inspired by. Linen, uh, uh, cotton, the GOTS uh, cotton certifications, uh, and uh, tensile or, you know, those new fibers as well. We, we always try to get uh, informed as to what the newest developments are with our, uh, our friend uh, mm. fiber. Um, and also we take a lot of inspiration from existing brands. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of brands on the market today that are very much, uh, you know, in advance in yeah. terms of sustainability. Which one is the most in For instance, I think a brand like Everlane uh, in the US has really uh, revolutionized the way transparency uh, mm. is used and it gives a lot of information as to where its factories are, uh, how uh, its markups are, are being calculated. And I think I think that's very interesting. And there's a lot of brands, uh, I mean, in France also, mm. there, there's a lot of brands that are really making an effort. So I think this is very encouraging. Yeah. Know? What is the last piece of clothes you bought? Well, it's actually a jumpsuit from Everlane. <laughs> I was in New York a few days ago and I bought there a jumpsuit. Great. Who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? Hmm, that's a very good question. Oh, I think the, the founders of Everlane would okay. be great. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to interview you. Hope you had a good time as well. Thank you too. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion.